Welcome to the Cup and Saucy Book Club. I'm Jen. And I'm Zanna. What's in your cup today, Zanna? Today I am drinking a chai blend that I created myself in a chai blending class run by my local tea mistress, the Apothecary Tea Service. She's doing a number of these classes. We had so much fun. This particular chai blend starts as a base of vanilla black tea, but a decaffeinated one because I can't do so much caffeine. And it's got cloves and ginger and cardamom and cinnamon. And I mean, I went crazy. Nutmeg. I mean, I just went super crazy at the spice table. And it smells (laughs) so good and it tastes good too. What are you drinking? I've got the Calm Relax Tea by Republic of Tea, and this is the Calm Relaxation app, meditation app, Calm. They put out a relaxed tea by Republic of Tea, and it's an herbal. Okay. It's rooibos, dandelion, and citrus, and it's really... Is it relaxing? It is very <laughs> relaxing. It is very, very relaxing. Okay. And today, we welcome audiobook narrator Jennifer Jill Araya. She's been listening to audiobooks since she was a young child and now lives the dream by narrating audiobooks for a living. She is an Audio Award winner, Earphones Award recipient, and Sovis Award winner. And she's narrated over 300 audiobooks in a variety of genres. And at the time that we are recording this, she has just been nominated for two more Audio Awards. Woo! Jennifer, welcome to the program. Yay, thank you so much. And I must say that the teas that you guys were talking about sound so good. I'm not drinking a tea right now. I've just got water in my cup, but I am a huge tea fan. And oh my gosh, those teas just sound amazing. Like Xana, I love all the spices and anything that's got rooibos as a base is like my go-to. I was sitting here salivated listening to you guys (laughs) talk about those teas. They sound delicious. Well, at least for the rooibos one, you can go find that yourself. Anna's custom chai is not available at my. I'll have to send you some. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Not available in stores. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm so glad that you're with us today, Jennifer. And you've been quite busy over the past few months. So, (laughs) in addition to your narration work, you're active on TikTok. uh, You're giving workshops on business strategy for actors. And you co-host the Crafting Audiobooks podcast. So my first question is, what's it like having a 28-hour day when the rest of us only have 24? Oh, man, I wish I had 28 hours in the day. Although knowing (laughs) me, I would probably fill them up. My husband likes to complain that I don't know how to sit still. Because anytime I've got even like five minutes of downtime, I'm like, oh, what can I do? What can I do? You also left out in... You know, the, just the last couple of months from when we were putting this, I've done three symphony concerts, too. Oh, that's right. And, and Jennifer is a cello player. What? Which is has a special place in my heart. I love the cello. It's a beautiful instrument. It's a lot of fun. And honestly, what allows me to do all of that, first off, is really good time management and a really, su- really good support team that um, helps me. And lots of tea, yes. (laughs) But also all of the things that I do are really tied back to the core of who I am. And I'm really driven by a desire to serve other people and to share with other people. And when I've got that, you know, deep motivating desire to serve others and to share with others, it makes the work really enjoyable. I mean, I have plenty of hobbies, but like, the, my work is also my hobby in an, in an odd way because I enjoy it so much. So it doesn't feel like work most of the time. 
it does sometimes, you know, doing your taxes is never going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, but really, truly, I mean, all of the things that I do, I love them. And you couldn't ask me to cut any of them out because I enjoy yeah, them. It makes so much. a big difference when you're so in love with the things that yeah. you're doing. It's like, you know what? Nope. I'll find, I'll find <laughs> yeah, a way. for sure. And I mean, like the little bio intro that you read, I have been listening to audiobooks since I was a little kid. And as a little kid, my concept of what an audiobook narrator was, was as distant and as awe-inspiring as being an astronaut or being the president. It was like normal people don't get a job that cool. And I did. Right. And I do. And so like, I'm just, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, because I mean, somebody pays you or several people pay you to read books all day. I mean, yeah, I know. Well, and it's, it's not just better. the reading books, because I've always been a big performing, book performing. Yeah, books. it's, yeah, it's using all books. of my acting skills and not having to worry about, you know, attending yeah. rehearsals and having downtime and matching the rehearsal schedule, you know, like all the stuff that I didn't enjoy as much about being in and in, in a play or in a musical or in an opera, all of that's gone. And what I'm left with is the stuff that I really love, which is imbibing the characters and telling stories and sharing with people and playing around with my voice to, to get different effects and, you know, diving into the intent of the author who's writing the story. Like those are all the things mm -hmm. I liked about being an actor and the other stuff, not as much. And now I get to keep all the stuff I like. Great. And awesome. so you're so you work in several different genres. Is there is there a genre that is most in line with that? What you were saying about, you know, getting to portray all of these characters and to really get your acting acting chops. Sure. Going? So that is a really good question. I'm not sure I've ever really thought about that in that way before. So something that I remind myself of as I'm narrating in any genre is that the characters in that book don't know that they're in a book of that genre. So people in a romance don't know that they're in a romance. And if you narrate it as if they know that they're in a romance, that's when it gets tropey. Even if the author is using tropes, that's not who the characters are. The characters are deeper than, than a trope. I always am wanting to find the human there, not necessarily narrate to a genre. However, I must say that the genres that have elements that tie back to my personal experience probably are the ones where I have an easier time sinking into the characters in that way. So I'm an adoptive mother. I'm an avid runner. I, I run half marathons. I am an avid road biker. I love super long bike trips. So if any of those things are in there or if the character is a musician, you know, my background is in classical music. If any of those things are in there in elements of the characters, then I'm going to have probably a little bit easier time sinking into it. But that's not necessarily genre specific. Yeah, in terms of genre, I'm not sure. I narrate a lot of mystery thrillers, which as a reader, that's the genre that I'm typically most drawn to. I mean, I, I read person in my personal time. I read every genre and love every genre. But Mystery thriller is sort of the one that I keep coming back to. Like, I'll read a mystery thriller and then read something else and then read a mystery thriller and something else. That's the one I keep coming back to. And I'm lucky enough that I get to narrate a lot of it. And maybe just because I do so much mystery thriller, it typically feels really comfortable and, and exciting to me creatively. Yeah, mystery thrillers. I, lo I love mystery thr thrillers. So. Yeah, yeah, me too. And we actually know each other from a mystery series so that that's how our friendship developed. You became fandom friends. So uh, because we're 3,000 miles away. So. 
So yeah, that's near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to have to ponder that. Like, is there a genre that I settle into more quickly? And because you do, you do a lot of, uh, a lot of mystery, a lot of fantasy. Yeah. um, And um, I do a lot of YA. I think if I were to pick a single genre that like I can settle into most of the time pretty quickly, it's probably YA. I am not an adolescent anymore, but I well remember what it was like to be one. And those sort of angsty finding yourself feelings are very universal things that are in most YA books. And I can relate to that pretty quickly. Yeah. And and we all have our have had at some point our coming of age moment, whatever whatever that particular thing was. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 a, a a universal in a way, um, although it doesn't always happen at the same age for everyone. Very true. <laughs> so you mentioned that you read outside of it, which is from what I understand from most narrators, that that's a rare thing to be able to actually read and to narrate the books that you do and then to get to enjoy reading outside of that. So again... I'm I'm wondering where you get all of that time. <laughs> it's and... from the love. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's from the love. So I have always been someone that there is like as a little kid, I would have a book in my bag that I would carry with me. I mean, I'd be seven years old and have a bag that had a book in it in case I had five spare minutes someplace. Mm-hmm. I have always been someone that anytime I had a little bit of spare time, that book was gonna pop out and I was gonna read it. So that's part of it is just I read in little snippets, you know, anytime I get a chance. But I have also found that as a narrator, because I am reading with my eyes the entire workday, and other people get to take the benefit of my work and read with their ears, but I have to read with my eyes. My eyes are tired at the end of the day. So I don't do nearly as much visual reading as I used to, but I do a ton of audiobook reading. And I will read while I'm doing the laundry or while I'm doing the dishes or while I'm in the car taking my daughter someplace, you know, I'll, I'll read by audiobook in those downtime segments. Again, if I've got five minutes or 10 minutes, that is enough for me to hit play on my Libby app or my Libro FM app and, and get a few minutes in, even if it's not, not a very long, long time. So I go through a lot fewer personal books than I did say years ago before I started narrating, but I still, I still probably read about 40 or 50 books for my own personal reading each year in addition to the ones I narrate. Yeah, I do a lot of reading. (laughs) I mean, if you consider that, you know, the average, the average novel, whether, you know, no matter what genre is, is probably what, eight to 10 hours, Mm -hmm. listening hours. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. I am, I am also a predominantly audiobook uh, listener. Um, Zana's primarily in, uh, an eyeball reader well, and um mm-hmm. but i've been doing a lot more of both lately because of because i made her <laughs> jen you are a good influence I just, I just do whatever jen tells me to do that's, <laughs> that's right. this this is how this relationship works it works well that way um <laughs> but yeah it. you're but you're right though it's it's finding you know those you find that you can or at least for me that it's it's easier to find those five to 10 minutes to listen rather than, you know, picking up a book, settling in somewhere, you know, getting back into where you were in the story. And that in itself takes 10 minutes, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> yeah. Take 10 and I find so. when I'm listening to an audiobook, I can get back in the story just by going back the 15 seconds from where yeah, I stopped. It, Whereas same. if I'm 
if I'm reading with my eyeballs, I have to go back a couple pages, which is going to be a lot more than those 15 mm-hmm. seconds, um, because the narrator's voice helps sink me into the story a little bit more than just seeing the, the words on a page. And maybe that's because I see words on a page, you know, eight hours a day, All day long. Day. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But you do, in addition to the audiobooks, though, you do, uh, you do find, uh, we find frequently on your TikTok that you're visiting your local independent bookstore. And you, especially if you spot something that you have narrated out in the wild. So tell us about your independent bookstore and, yes, yeah. and what you, and what you enjoy about that, because I find that every independent bookstore has their own character. Oh gosh. Yeah, absolutely. What, so what do you enjoy about yours? Sure. So Joseph Beth booksellers in Cincinnati, I'm from Cincinnati and um, Joseph Beth booksellers is my local loved independent bookstore. And they are really large for an independent bookstore. A lot of indie bookstores are, you know, fairly small little storefronts and so have a limited selection, which is nothing wrong with that. But Joseph Beth is huge, which is one of the things that I really enjoy about it because I can go in there and get lost for hours and they've got amazing places to just sit and relax and like peruse the books before you purchase them. There's even a little area that's got a fireplace in the winter, like fireplaces there all the time, but it's not got (laughs) a fire in it all the time. And one of my husband's and my favorite restaurants is right next door. It is the Bistro at the Joseph Beth Booksellers. So they've got a fabulous place to eat too. So like sometimes we will- It's like a whole evening entertainment. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like we've had dates. My husband and I have had dates where he's like, Where do you want to go? Joseph Beth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so but I specifically enjoy going to Joseph Beth and perusing the aisles to see if I can find what I call my book friends. And those are the books that I've narrated that um are there on the shelves. And anytime I find a book friend that I've not seen in the wild before, it comes home with me. So I've got quite a shelf. And I told you in our before call discussion that I had another indie bookstore that I wanted to share with you. And that is Sassafras on Sutton, which is located in Black Mountain, North Carolina, which is a fabulous, fabulous town. I love spending time there. And Sassafras on Sutton is in a delightful, delightful independent bookstore. They have a whole second floor that's all kids stuff. And it's toys and games and books all mixed together. And like, I've never been in there that it's not completely packed with children having a blast. It is such a delightful little store. And Sassafras on Sutton has the distinction of being the place that I first found one of my book friends. Um, when, When Woman with the Blue Star by Pam Jenoff came out, that very weekend, I happened to be in Black Mountain visiting family. And we went in there just to take a look because I love indie bookstores. And have had been in there before and really like it. They, Sassafras on Sutton has a really good sticker collection. So I wanted Uh-oh. to go in and see if they had some stickers that I wanted to bring home and put on my laptop or my tablet or anything like that. And while I was in there, I found my very first book friend. So that was that's Sassafras on Sutton will be even more special to me forever because of that. You had me at stickers. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm actually looking at two stickers right now. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, it's 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 gotten to dangerous proportions now. Um, Ben has a sticker problem. Pretty bad sticker problem. You know, saying that I have a problem means that I would be willing to give it up. Do something about it. Okay. I am not. Sorry, Jen has a personality. 
I ordered two narrator narrator based stickers just this morning. So oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a sticker collection. You do not have a sticker problem. Oh yes, collection. So I think I need to make my way back to North Carolina at some point. Yes, Sassafras <laughs> on Sutton. Like I said, I'm you know, looking I'm, at you know, two stickers by, right now. So. <laughs> I know. I know. Come visit. We'll go. Come by, swing, <laughs> pick you up, and then we'll do a road trip. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, the stickers that I've got right now that came from Sassafras and Sutton are on the front of my laptop. So I'm looking at them as we're doing this conversation. And one is a llama that's reading. And oh. the other is the profile of a very fancy lady. It says, strong but not silent. So oh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> those are my kind of stickers. Yeah. Like yeah they're very good stickers. <laughs> the llama is so fun. It makes me smile every time I open my laptop. <laughs> I love the idea of these these nooks and uh, you know, within within an independent bookstore that you can just spend all day and get lost in. Um my my local independent bookstore is one of these small storefronts but they have a lot of related events and they feature local authors very heavily and support local authors every one of these is worth supporting your independent bookstore just for their you individual their uniqueness their you know each one is going to be a different treasure to find and absolutely i, I love the the idea of that entire kids section because you start them early uh, yeah, and, you get them, and in and Sassafras and Sutton, books. yeah, Sassafras on Sutton is a two-story space, and you know the downstairs has a little cafe area, and it's all the adult books, and the entire second floor, so half of their square footage is devoted to children's books, just just awesome, I think, just just wonderful. Yeah. So, and we will I, we will include their information on the show notes, so uh, yes, anybody who is in that in in that area can can go find and discover. All, all new book friends for themselves. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I love and the concept I, of book friends. That's a wonderful yeah, concept. Yeah. I mean, the books that I narrate are books that are near and dear to my heart. Yeah, they are my sure. friends. The characters in them are my friends. Yeah. I've, I've embodied them. So yeah, my book friends. <laughs> I totally get that. Yeah. We all have favorite characters from books that we have read. And so, you know, why isn't, why isn't the whole book a friend too? It's, it's absolutely right. makes sense. <laughs> you have the book friends. So tell us about some of your favorite titles that you have worked on, because so you recognize this is like asking a mother to choose her favorite child, right? I, I, I realize <laughs> I realize that this is a dangerous question. Yes, but I'm still going to ask it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> well, one that I just have to talk talk about is actually the mystery thriller title that's gotten me an Audi nomination this year, which is "Where Secrets Live" by S.C. Richards. As I mentioned before, I'm a really big mystery thriller fan in my personal reading, and so I read a lot of it. And Where Secrets Live is one of the best, if not the best, written mystery thriller that I've ever read, not just narrated. Uh, like, it is that well written. The red herrings that are dropped, the character development, how much you care about the characters despite their flaws, but the reality, because they have flaws... I mean, the whole thing about this book is just so incredibly well-written. It was a huge honor to get to narrate that title. So that one, and it got me an Audi nomination. So <laughs> that one for sure definitely tops the list. Another one is Second First Impressions by Sally Thorne. And it is a delightful, delightful 
rom-com. I had so much fun narrating that book. That is one I narrated it, I think, two years ago at this point. And I still feel like the characters are right next to me sometimes when I get in the it's still because with they're, they're that vivid. And I mean, that's a tribute to how well Sally Thorne wrote the characters, that they're that vivid for me. But they really, they really are. And then I think two others that I just have to mention, and they're both by the same author, would be the Birch Creek Ranch series by B.E. Baker. That's her name for she does women's fiction and romance under B.E. Baker and then the Anchored series which she does fantasy as well and that's under her Bridget E. Baker so Ah. full name versus B.E. Baker and both of those really are sinking into me I'm getting ready to record the next book in the Ranch series here in just a couple weeks and so I finished reading it actually last night. And Bridget's books have the ability to make me laugh out loud enough that my <laughs> husband asks me if everything's okay. Like, that's how much fun these books are. <laughs> and again, she just really makes you care about the characters in a very real way. And her characters are so far from perfect or ideal that it's mind-boggling why you would care about some of these people but you do and they're hilarious and they're so much fun and then the anchored series is a fantasy series it's four books that one's already complete and so all of them are out on audio and in print but the anchored series showcases world building in a way that is just amazing this particular series takes place in the real world plus four different fantasy worlds. And so you're like jumping back and forth between worlds and it is mind blowing, but so again, so real. So that's a a sampling of some of my favorites. I am always in awe of the ones who can do a full and complete world building where you are immersed right away into it. Absolutely. Um, Like I, I am not a writer, but I have utmost admiration for world building. And Bridget is very good at world building. I've narrated um, some other fantasy stuff as well. And she does a really good job doing that world building process. And it's very much on display and anchored. It's, it's really cool. One of the titles that you have done under another name is Spoiler Alert by Olivia Day. Yes. Spoiler alert, that's one of Jen's favorites. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it, is one of, it is one of my favorites. Well, Olivia Dade is one of my favorites, just full stop. So, <laughs> yep, yep. Same um, here. Same yeah. here. <laughs> and so you had, uh, I did not realize at the time that, that you were the person to have narrated this. So, but I was, when I found that out, I was very excited because this is one of my favorites. And you want to want to talk about world building. I mean, she does, you know, that whole guard of the gates. Yes. World yes. And the, the fandom around it and yes. everything and borrowed from <clears throat> Game of Thrones. But yeah, you know, <laughs> but but what she does with it. It's it an homage. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it makes it more its own thing. So, yes. yeah, I mean, because she builds the world of the TV show, show yes. and she builds the world of the fandom and she builds the world of the actual characters who are actually in the book. Yes. And thank you for your sensitivity about pseudonyms. I am open about mine. My pseudonym is Isabel Ruther and I out myself, but I know a lot of narrators don't. So I really, yes. on behalf of other narrators, I'm super grateful for your sensitivity around that. But 
yeah, so I narrated spoiler alert as Isabel Ruther. And yes, if I had had to list like one more book in my list of favorites, that absolutely would have been that one. Um, <laughs> because it is just so much fun. And it's so uplifting and affirming is just so, so good. Um, and she does a really great job of capturing the fandom and the TV show and yes. and the real world and comparing them all to each other and how they intermingle and intertwine. It's it's a delightful book. I and completely agree. The, and the, all of the you you were talking earlier about the um, how uh, characters that are flawed and, you know, that may not necessarily be sympathetic, but all of the characters in her books are really flawed um, yes. or they have, <laughs> or they have something that to the outside world will seem flawed. Mm -hmm. um, and yet she leans right into that and just, you know, and, and presents it as no, this is how we are whole human beings, flaws right. and all. So um, that's, that's one of the things that, that I most appreciate about her work is that, mm -hmm. you know, these are, because then you're, then you recognize yourself in these characters. Yeah. You know, that this is, this is something I struggle with, or this is something, you know, that I can identify with. So, I mean, I read a lot of romance and while I love the perfectly well manicured heroine and the, you know, and the cut male main character, it, uh, I kind of want to see myself in there too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's what I enjoy most about narrating really well-written romance is that the characters, if it's well-written, do have flaws that you can relate to. And so it doesn't feel like this. Well, that's what makes it human. Yeah. I mean, that that is really where the humanity lies is where there's the, the non-cookie cutter, non-perfect example of person. You know, you uh, that's far more interesting to me not being a you know typically a romance reader but when i that's why i've been kind of i've been very happy with the books that jen's assigned me so far because everybody's like oh well they're interesting yeah yeah if jen's so, assigning you books like spoiler alert then yeah those are really yeah. good romance <laughs> she didn't assign that one she signed an earlier one but i read it anyway yeah nice and, <laughs> i like and it we we had um i had signed her uh, in fact that was the episode that dropped today is um teach me which was oh part of yes her, yeah um yeah something about marysburg series and um so yeah i signed her that one and and we just did the episode on that that issued today so yeah uh Olivia did a little on the brain this morning <laughs> this <laughs> afternoon. most of your work is done solo narration but you have done some that are uh dual narration mm -hmm. or full cast narration do you prefer the solo narration format, dual narration format, or is it just how that how that's happened for your titles? It's really just how it's happened for my titles. And I don't really have a preference one over the other. Part of the reason I do so much in general is that variety and working in lots of creative mediums is what helps me stay interested and excited about my work. And having a mix of multicast and not multicast also helps me stay interested and excited in the work because different skills are required and different techniques are used. And doing the multicast stuff gives me a little bit of that flavor of the collaboration that you would get doing a play or a musical or an opera, which, as I mentioned, is more my background than, mm -hmm. than audiobooks. And so having multicasts 
mixed in with everything else that I do is something that I really enjoy and like. I would not want to be all one or the other. I yeah. I like that mix. The variety, like that mix. keeping mm-hmm. the variety. And I know on your TikTok that you will occasionally do words that are uh, difficult to say this week. So what yep. is your least favorite or most difficult word that you come across that you just have to pause and go, okay, I know how to pronounce this, but let me just try it. <laughs> so if the author Katie Oliver is listening, she will know this because she puts it in all of her books for me. And it is, and I'm probably <laughs> going to mispronounce it, verisimilitude. Oh, I think. that's a tough one. I'm not even sure that, <laughs> that I said it right just now. I have to look it up. Literally every time that that comes up, I have to look it up. And it wow. it shows up in her books so often because she writes Jane Austen retellings. And yes, so yes. the the main character in the That's series that I narrate for word. Yeah. <laughs> the main character in the series that I narrate for her is a Jane Austen scholar. This this character dresses in period dress, even like for modern day, she dresses in period dress all the time because she finds she's a like I said, a scholar, she's a professor at a college, and she finds that it gets her students more engaged if she's dressed like a Jane Austen character. So she kind of talks like a Jane Austen character too. And um, Veris, <laughs> verisimilitude, Veris, yeah, verisimilitude shows up in multiple, shows up multiple yeah. times in all of her books. So, but that one's very specific to Katie and she's going to laugh if she listens to this. She knows my troubles <laughs> with that word. I grew up in West Virginia and had a bit of an Appalachian accent as I was growing up. So my words that I struggle with sometimes and have to look up are not so much specific words, but words that I have grown up pronouncing differently. I, I have to be careful of my E and I vowels because in an Appalachian accent, those are almost the same sound. So yeah, there's there's some Dixon stuff that I have to pay attention to because general American, which is how I'm speaking right now and how I narrate most of my audiobooks and how most audiobooks of the American market are narrated general american mm-hmm. is not actually my native accent so yes. i have to just, <laughs> just watch for that <laughs> the book that i'm recording right now i have to say england a lot the, just Ooh. the country england because it takes place there uh-huh. so i have to say england a lot and almost every time i'm like it's not england it's england <laughs> <laughs> you know because the vowel it's very it's very small it's very it's minute very, yeah and it's a carryover it's from my very very close yeah it's a carryover from my native accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you mentioned before, uh, you are also giving workshops on business strategy for actors. Mm-hmm. So what is something that you tell attendees to those type of seminars? Um, what is something that you tell them that you wish someone had told you when you got started? <sighs> Probably the biggest thing is that I don't have to be financially destined. The name of my business coaching business is Starving Artist No More. You know, going through conservatory, there's sort of that trope that, you know, if you're really committed to being successful, you're going to devote everything and give up everything in your life just to succeed as, you know, whatever creative thing you're pursuing. You have to suffer for your art. Exactly. You have to starve if you want to be a real artist. I was actually told that by a painting. uh, Oh my gosh. And that is is such a harmful myth. It is not true. In fact, the, you know, history books are littered with amazing, incredible creatives 
who had to stop being creatives or were not able to spend as much time being creatives as they would have liked because they were convinced that if they spent their time on their art, that they would not be able to eat. And that's just not the case. It is absolutely not the case. There are ways to structure your business as a creative, as an artist, you know, as an artist business owner, there are ways to structure your business so that you don't have to deal with that feast or famine cycle, so that you don't have to wonder how you're going to pay your rent. And it really does come down to how you structure your business and the, the way that you manage your finances, the way that you select projects that you're going to say yes or no to, how you negotiate with the people who are hiring you to work with them, and also developing long-term sources of income for yourself, whether that's royalties or selling coaching packages or um, you know, developing things, products that you can sell digitally on your website. I mean, there are a lot of options that creatives have for bringing in some quote unquote passive, I hate that term, I hate passive income as a term, but that's what people call it, you know, the where you do that work once and you have it available for, for purchase and have that money coming in. There are ways to make money as a creative. You don't have to starve. And I might need to take your workshop. How would yeah, I do I'm that? thinking the same thing. <laughs> we, both, Absolutely. we both have yeah. we both have full time day jobs, uh, you know, yeah. in addition to doing this. And this yeah. right now is a hobby, but boy, would we love to just live off yeah. the merch. <laughs> How do for we sure, sign up for, for sure. one of those workshops if, if sure? So um <laughs> my website is starvingartistnomore.com. And specifically, the workshop for actors is going to be an in-person workshop in New York City, but it's happening in March. And I think by the time this episode's airing, it's already going to be passed. Yes. But okay. if, I have, yeah. if I have any other events coming up, which I probably will, just check my events page and that'll have sure. like the in-person things or the one-time things. I do offer like occasional little freebie seminars and freebie workshops and stuff. The, the big thing that I offer is a group workshop that's a um, three-month course creatives can take as a group and together work through what their business plan is going to be and how they are going to create a creative business that actually works that mm -hmm. supports them creatively in terms of what they want to be working on and what brings them fulfillment creatively um, what gives them the money that they need to pay the bills and also what allows you the time to develop and nurture the relationships in your life. Because as artists, we are only as rich as the people around us. Right. And if we're not delving into and giving our full selves to the people around us, then we're not going to be able to give our full selves to our art. That group workshop, as we're talking right now, there's a um, workshop in session right now. I haven't picked the dates for the next session yet, but it'll probably be sometime in late summer when it starts. By the time this airs in May, the registration should already be open for okay. the next session of the yeah. group workshop. Yeah. And I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching if um, mm -hmm. someone feels that they wouldn't be comfortable sharing in a group setting or if they um, just want a little bit more individualized help with you know, crafting that business plan. Awesome. And we will offer all of that information uh, on our website in the show notes. And Perfect. we do want to uh, wish you uh, congratulations on Thank you. recently reaching a thousand followers on TikTok. And listeners can also find Jennifer on Instagram and Facebook as well. And we'll have all of her information on the show notes page. And 
Jennifer, I want to thank you so much for being on the program today. This has um, been so much fun. My pleasure. <laughs> again, all of the information about today's guests will be on our show notes uh, page on our website, cupandsaucybooks.com. You can also follow us on social media at Cup and Saucy Books. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and on Twitter as Cup in Saucy Books. Please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for joining us for the Cup and Saucy Book Club. Join us next time for Xana's review of whatever it is I made her read. And probably a few tangents. Happy reading. Cheers. Cheers.